Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Ethan. I watched the first half of My Dinner with Andre. I watched the second half of My Dinner with Andre. And this is, is the, the other, other half. half. Uh, this is one of my favorite kinds of movies because it's a clear sign that podcast should have existed before podcast existed. <laughs> It's just two guys talking. <laughs> two guys talking, but with this on a script and less rambly. Yeah, a little and there's less no rambly. little bursts of racism or is, anything weird. Is it less rambly? It's, it's pretty rambly. It's pretty rambly, but I feel it was like all written before. I suppose it's all written before, so yeah. it's a little bit more substance filled than. I'm so happy to hear you say other that. other things because I was worried because I'm I'm a fan of just people talking like freeform. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think you would find any form of substance to be found in this movie. No, I usually listen to most podcasts I listen to are like that, where just people just bullshit the whole time. Like, <laughs> but this movie has substance. I mean, yes, it's it kind of does, but also it is kind of bullshitty at times because it's one yeah. of those movies that raises a lot of questions, mm. and like uh, Wallace. You just sit there Wally and go, Sean. you just go, huh? Yeah. Well, oh, that crazy. the movie opens with him saying that he, when he needs to relax, he asks questions. He says asking questions relaxes him naturally. Okay. So that's why he's a constantly, I don't think he says much in the, not no, he's mostly quiet. He just listens to Andre. Yeah. And Andre is definitely one of those people that just keeps going. You, you would talk to and you'd be like, oh, this is an interesting conversation, but like 50% of it's probably bullshit mm, mm. in my mind. That's you think I he's a liar? I don't think he's a liar. I just think he believes in a lot of shit that is just so he feels like esoteric a, and he, like feels like a guru. I was gonna say he feels like a goop guy. Ah, uh, yeah, goop, goop guy slash guru, <laughs> where he he picks up these philosophies yeah. from other cultures mm -hmm. and something. I mean, this is before the internet, obviously, obviously, but like on his trips or whatever, and some guy who's a speaker or something talks to him. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pick that up and write it down and listen to it." Yeah, it's almost yeah. that goes around and gets stories, you know? Right, right, right. And and collects them and then has like his own mental philosophy feeling built up, built up from them. Yeah, and he loves telling people about it and loves talking about all <laughs> his experiences and stuff. And you know what? That's fine. You yeah. can learn a lot from those types of people. Mm -hmm. And I think they're really fascinated to talk to. I could listen to him um, clearly for about lot. 50 minutes. For about 50 minutes at least. <laughs> I don't know if I can do a whole two hours. <laughs> but you can listen to him for a while. Yeah. But you know, you take what you can out of him. It's one of those people that you don't like you're not always going to retweet them. You're not going to seek out their opinion, but if they you, come to you, you're going to be like, you'd like one of their tweets, but you wouldn't like, retweet a lot exactly. of them. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. be like, this is an influencer. This is like before influencers existed. Mm. This is the type of people that come up to you and be like, you're right. Let's do it. I'm Cause he's done a lot of things where he's like gone out in the wilderness and talked to people yeah. and done things, done workshops. So, yeah. So do you, so you much like Wallace more than Andre. You relate to him more. That's the thing is I don't whole fully, uh, agree with either of them okay in some ways because they both have kind of opposing Thoughts. ideologies so we should probably get into like the basic plot of what this is <laughs> all right basic plot basic plot because it doesn't change why are they having dinner um because they hungry <laughs> they hung they want to get a snack in new york yeah that's right in new york they look... you go out to get dinner with your friend such Andre. a new york movie this is oh yeah it's just two new york that's guys two white new york guys yep. talking about just just, just how philosophical old? Stuff. How old do you think Wallace is in this movie? Forty. He's in his thirties, apparently. According, what? According to the opening narration, he says he's in. I think 35, 34. <sighs> yeah. He, years have not been kind to this. I hope man. I do not. Yeah. I hope I do not look like that. In like yeah. Five years. Five six years. While watching the movie, I was like, this kind of reminds me of like our podcast. Just two people esoterically talking about whatever, bullshitting, whatever. Yeah. Having oh, we're like supposed a, to talk about a movie, Mike. But usually, yeah, sometimes <laughs> usually we just go off on our own thing. Or the, uh, yeah, especially in that episode of Can of Worms. Oh, we <laughs> talk about. So you just we make just talk about up. bullshit. It turns into dicks. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, kid of dicks. But uh, I was like, I wonder who. We are like if I if I'm an Andre or if I'm a Wallace or you Wallace or you an Andre, but I feel like we're neither of them. No, we're, we're, we're guided. We're... They're a little bit too. They're I don't know. I feel like we both take from either of them mm. at certain points. That's but true. I feel like their ideological difference mm. is not something we share. I guess we're not split in that sort of way. I think we're kind of in the middle on both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're, what, what, so why are they having dinner? <laughs> So, right. Did Wallace get a promotion? Do you want to celebrate it? So, who's Andre? Why do they know each other? Good question. Good question. How do you think? What What do you think? Or do you think they're friendly? Do you I feel like they're. I feel like they they meet each other once in a while, like maybe mm. once or twice a year. Okay. Okay. This is good so far. Um. 
and just talk. Maybe they're old friends from college. This is perfect. They haven't seen each other in years. Okay. And in fact, Wallace says that he's been avoiding hanging out with him because he thinks that Andre has gone off the deep end. He's starting to lose it, basically. Last time he saw him, he was going to Kenya, some crazy thing. You know, he has a wife and two kids, but, like, why is he going on these crazy trips? And so now... Andre's back in town. Wallace is uh, like hurting for money, and he just uh, somehow he's found his way. He's basically an aspiring playwright, uh, and in order to fund his being a playwright, he's become an actor. But now he can't get any acting gigs, so it's like he's basically failing at everything. Poor. He has a girlfriend, and Wait, Wallace. Wallace does. Okay, got it. And um, all of a sudden, because the movie's basically told through his point of view, we are Wall- yeah. we are. He's narrating it, at least in my house. Yeah, so he narrates the beginning. beginning of it. Right. So that's another interesting thing about the movie is he narrates a lot. Of things that we are already like we're already watching, like he sort of just tells us things we already yeah, kind of know, and it's like he almost narrates over whenever he talks, but he never really narrates over Andre, which is interesting. Like it was very strange watching the movie because like the, giving his his words context more so than Andre's. Right, you're right, exactly. It's like he's sort of giving himself. Maybe it's because you know it's from his point of view. Uh, it's like he's he's explaining himself, but he doesn't really explain Andre because he doesn't know anything about Andre. We're only accepting the things he does. Slightly off topic. What Go. I thought this movie was initially before reading anything about it. <laughs> Andre the Giant. No. I wish. God. It'd be just that Princess, would be crazy Princess going to Bride again. With Andre and he's just like <laughs> big handfuls of shit. Anybody want the peanut? <laughs> it would he's be just, just Princess back Bride. Yeah. Like, like cups and like squeezing up his giant hands. His giant hands. Yeah. No, what I thought it was, is I thought it was like, look who's coming to dinner. So I thought it was going to be like a oh, really progressive movie oh. in the day. No. <laughs> it was not at all. Just There's too... a lot of people of color alluded to in the movie. But yeah, like, alluded to. Yeah. The movie also takes place in like a pretty fancy, schmancy restaurant. Yeah, this is, this is clearly set between two well-off-ish, like poor. Like, Wallace might Wallace be poor, poor, but he's still going out to eat yeah. like nice food food at a nice restaurant in new york he yeah in new york he gets too. A, right this is 1981 mm-hmm. when this movie was made i assume it's like set in that same time period it looks like it i think so yeah um so it's just kind of them talking philosophy talking world events right in while hanging out while catching up at the same time right 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 and th- right catching up and just sitting with food being brought to them and drinks yes. like they are they are talking about the struggles of life while doing nothing yeah yeah it's kind of it's it's an interesting concept for a movie, and mm-hmm. I definitely think it is definitely an art house movie. Of whoa, oh, no, no comic book nerds are coming no. to watch <laughs> two white guys talk about philosophy endlessly. No. No. That's sort of the funny thing because there's like, there's movies where thoughtful people talk about things and change your mind on subjects, but this is like the opposite where people talk about things that sound thoughtful, but they're wrong about it. And us as an audience are sitting in this like third world, like this third perspective where we are not supposed to be gaining insight from the way they're speaking. We're gaining insight by how they're talking about these things. You know what I mean? Like that's how I, I view the film. I view the film as two people who are wrong about the things they talk about. And we as the audience are to come away with it smarter than our characters. That's how I feel about it. Maybe. Mm. I think that might be 2020's context. Possibly. But this movie was made about 40 years ago. <laughs> So yeah, these so, are probably the smartest people on earth. That's the thing is, I feel like like these are just as like boomer philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because true. this is what you know they might be thinking. Someone in their thirties mm-hmm. would probably be in their seventies now. Yeah, yeah. So they're old. so they're older now, mm-hmm. and so this is kind of the thoughts that they're coming with, which may apply. And it's kind of funny to me because a lot of the thoughts they have are similar to a lot of the kind of same age group we have now mm-hmm. their thoughts yeah 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 like the world is shit it's like gone to like it's gone <laughs> people to hell people aren't talking to each people other people aren't talking to each other anymore people don't say what they mean people yeah people, you know you got to do got to read into them now you yeah. know everyone's on everyone's watching tv or whatever reading the newspaper reading books That's so funny isn't it i know <laughs> it's, it's almost like thing. people never talk to each other yeah people <laughs> just don't and it's you know this idealistic time where people were interacting never existed yeah people either looked at their phones looked at newspapers, looked at books, or just didn't talk about how they felt about things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's always been that way. Yeah, It's just exactly. now you have ways to avoid it more. You have more ways to avoid it and be like, look, we're interacting. Or talk who you want to talk to. Yeah. It's not the people in the room. It's people across the world, you know, with different ideas and perspectives. Yeah. And that's yeah. what changed since the 80s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you don't have to be rich to to, to access these different. No, you points. don't have to go on like a freaking vision journey to Kenya to get those viewpoints. Yeah, you exactly. Could, you could read about them. Yeah, other places or. So you right. So so your thoughts are this is from the perspective of people, and they're just sort of talking about how they feel. I think that's what it is. I think it's just set in the 80s. So mm. a lot of the viewpoints are a little bit different and I they've see. changed and, you know, maybe we think are right. And maybe you're right in some ways too. Maybe the are meant to be kind of like flawed mm-hmm. in different ways. Because like the movie, God damn, like the whole first half of the movie, I'm just sitting, listening to Andre go on and on and on. And I'm like, this guy is so privileged. He's so spoiled. Yeah. Like I'm bothered you're, by the fact that he has these feelings I, or whatever. It's definitely in the fact that they live in New York yes. and, you know, live in cosmopolitan lives. And they're like, well, we live, you know, almost one may argue New York is like the center of, uh, I don't know, privilege, I guess. Like, well, yeah, especially like if, if you're, you're if, living in New York, if you're rich, yeah. you live, you know, you're living in Manhattan. Yeah. You're yeah, living yeah. In a fan, it, like just be able to live there. You're kind of rich in right. some ways. Like, we say this in California, but you know, <laughs> like even then, like, you know, besides San Francisco okay. all, until then, that was like the most expensive place. Look to live. at what you just did. You had a thought about other people's lives uh-huh. and immediately you lampshaded it with your own privilege and place in the world. Yeah. But immediately this movie you have to sit through like 50 minutes of Andre whining about how life is meaningless and how he had to go to all these different places and meet people of different backgrounds and languages to understand that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, and it's this really weird privileged viewpoint on like how sometimes people on different viewpoints and, 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 and thought processes and religions have different ways of looking at the world and can give you meaning. And then literally almost halfway through the movie, he says, Do I sound like I am spoiled. I hate myself. I am so self-centered. And he starts to compare himself to, like, bad people. Like, he he compares himself to a not... Another thing the guy does is constantly reference fucking World War II and Nazi, like, ideals. Is that a thing that happens in your half? Uh, a little bit. He does this constantly Not in my really head. that much. He constantly I mean, relates things back World to, War like... II was a little fresher back then. No, that's true. But, like, goddamn, it comes up so often and, like, in, like, the weirdest, tenuous ways. I mean, but, that's kind of like how people bring up uh, 9-11, 9/11 yeah, now for us. Like, point. same sort of thing. But, uh, but what I'm saying is, is, like, he's aware of his own privilege. Like, he... It surprised me that he even did it. Like, I'm surprised... Because then... Then it starts to bring in this thing of, like, if you were sitting through this and watching this guy... In a, point, in a place of privilege, whine and complain about how shitty his life was and not think, wow, this guy's a spoiled brat, the movie does it for you. Mm-hmm. It, it reveals to you, this guy is. Look at how much privilege and money he has. You know, it's just crazy because that even without seeing that scene, like I was like, man, look at this guy. Because you, because you live in 2020. Well, also, I think that's kind of what the movie is also like, to your point, what it's doing is these people are getting everything served to them. Exactly. They're in, in a dinner exactly. scene. They're not like having dinner that was that they made. They're like, hey, come over, have a dinner party. Yes. It's like, no, they're at a restaurant. And frequently the waiter interrupts them during their conversation and grinds it to a halt and also kind of like looks at them mm-hmm. in different ways and just kind of like, I don't know, I feel like he's that, that old waiter judging them. Oh, definitely. In some ways. Definitely. Like their conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't know. It's a good point. I, I see the movie as like, a, if, if I can get a little pretentious, it mm-hmm. feels like a Beckett play. Like it feels like a waiting for Godot thing. Yeah, where... for someone who knows all that stuff. Can you explain <laughs> to the audience so, what a Beckett play is? A be- like Samuel Beckett was this uh, playwright who wrote really abstract like concepts. Waiting for Godot is one of his more famous ones where it's literally- Gal Godot? Yeah, waiting for okay. Gal Godot. Okay, she, she shows up. She ruins her lines. <laughs> Nobody can understand <laughs> what she's saying. <laughs> She sounds like she's re- read- reading her lines for the very first time. Yeah, but you're still in camps like, she's so hot, dude. So it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, so Waiting for Godot, Gal Godot, mm-hmm. is uh, this It's this really minimal abstract work uh, where it's like two to three guys on stage waiting for a character who never shows up. And it's just these guys talking about really weird abstract things. And the thing about the play is it, t- it can take place anywhere at any time ever because there's no real references to like – modern works or anything like that got it and so it's this idea of rather than the audience relating to characters they're instead relating to concepts and ideas and viewing it because there's this separation of who is this guy godot he never shows up who are these people where they come from where their lives doesn't matter the only thing that matters is what they're saying how they're saying it and where they are in in relation to each other and the audience uh and so I feel like that's what this movie is trying to do, but in a in a much more theatrical way, because you can't just really you can't just perform waiting for Godot, you know, in front of a camera. It doesn't it just doesn't work really. Right. Uh, so they're doing it in a much more theatrical way where it's like, oh, we aren't just having guys 
on you know on a blank stage because that's usually where Godot is performed is like on a blank stage with just guys wearing hats. Instead, let's have where they are becoming part of the narrative. They're like you said, they're being served. They're yeah. not doing anything. They're just sitting and talking and eating and drinking. And that's all that they do. And that's also why I like reference like podcasts where it's like, that's the other thing to consider is like the very nature, the very fiber of this piece is done on film and camera and lighting and mics. This was not something as easy as putting out a podcast. This was like a work of, of, of great money and, and extravagance had to go into something like this. Something as basic as two guys talking to each other was, you know, was, was had to be filmed. The film had to be transferred. You know, the, the this is like clerks of the time. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying though. But right. Right. Even that. Yeah. It's like this, the, the, this was not cheap. This was not easy to do. And yet it looks so effortless and bland. And it's, I think that's done on, on, on purpose because th- we haven't really talked about a lot of what these guys talk about, but what they talk about is how meaningless the world is, how, mm, how it's just getting worse, how it's just getting worse, how uh, people don't talk uh, straightforward about how they feel, how uh, adults have forgotten what it's like to be a child, like all these concepts, which I don't know if we want to actually go into these things. I've written, I wrote down a couple of them, but yeah, a lot of this is just really basic. And it's like, that's the other thing is like they, they bring up because they're actors or one of them's an actor playwright and the mm-hmm. other one is a director yeah. and so whenever they talk about human interaction it always comes back to being in a performance yeah like they say they, they have a moment so one of the things the way that we are introduced to andre is he says yeah i've been gone for like years doing off going off in these crazy adventures and doing these strange things one thing i did was i went to poland another reference to like world war ii going to poland um, he invaded it and uh, went, went to the woods with a bunch of people who couldn't speak English. Uh, so nobody could speak each other's languages. And they, it, because nobody could speak any language of the other one, like there was no unified language, people had uh, – there was no like lesson plan to this class that he was doing. Like they were in the woods. There was all these people. And so what – what you did was almost improvisation. Like you had to just do something to get other people into doing things. Like they call it beehiving where you just there, you get a bunch of people together. Someone starts gathering wood. Everyone else is going to help gather the wood. Right. Or it's not even just that. It's like somebody starts singing. Somebody else starts singing. Somebody starts dancing. Somebody else starts dancing. Everyone gets into this big flurry together. And he says, it's like improvisation, but rather than improvising as a character, you're improvising it yourself. And so immediately, like 20 minutes in the movie, it starts to lay bare. The film in itself is, is, what am I trying to say? Like, <laughs> is you're, it improvisation? These, or? Are, these are fictional characters, but they are named after themselves. Yeah. They are performing. Well, they helped write it too, I think. Right. right. So they co-wrote yeah. it, but they're, Wallace, the character of Wallace is played by Wallace Shawn. The yeah. character of Andre is played by a guy named Andre who had a wife, like, they're basically performing themselves, and yet they are also fictionalized versions of themselves. Yeah, it's a little and, weird. And th- and so that's, I think, again, another layer of, like... That's why I feel like they're kind of examining themselves and right. examining the philosophies that they they held. Yeah. Um, because I think the two competing philosophies between the two is it yes. sounds like Wallace, while poor, sounds like he is at least thinks he's content mm-hmm. with his life right. and doesn't think in, like... Um, omens or anything like that. He's very down to earth and is just like, you know what? I enjoy he the simple things. things. As they are. Yeah, he accepts things as they are. I enjoy the simple things such as like getting up in the morning and grabbing a nice warm cup of coffee, stuff like that, while um, and be, keeping himself busy. Mm. Now, yeah. Andre, on the other hand, is like miserable. Miserable. And he thinks about like what stuff has helped him recently to get to be less miserable. And mm. he's just like, people nowadays, they always keep themselves busy and they never just sit and realize what it's like to do nothing and mm. to sit in like silence and to not think and just be in the moment itself and not be planning. Right. Everyone nowadays has plans. You have goals, Wallace. You want to go do things. You have a list. And he's like, yeah, I like getting my list together and checking things off. Yeah. And um, like this movie, I don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> but those are the two competing philosophies so, that are at the core of this. This is interesting because it's not, it, it is a, a question of Wallace is far more poor than Andre is. He's also less successful. Like Wallace hasn't been able to sell a screenplay. He barely is able to act. Like he only really tangentially knows Andre probably because he directed him in a piece in the past, you know? Um, And so the idea is, I think is like Wallace is not miserable because he has what we consider to be basic 
daily tasks to complete. Yeah. The, the stresses of everyday life are what's keeping him content. It's keeping things in perspective. Yeah. And then you have somebody like Andre who got everything he ever wanted. He, he, the movie opens with him saying, uh, he didn't want to teach anymore. And then there's another guy who was like part of a teaching program. And he was like, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to, I don't fucking know. I'll fucking go to Poland and I'll teach all these people who don't know English. And then he got it. Like, instantly got it he's yeah. he, if he wants something he's he attains it and yeah. because of this he finds the, the universe or whatever meaningless and he finds it hollow because he doesn't have to do these daily tasks he has a wife and kids he's got everything put away and now he has to be introverted or he has to be introspective and he, and he sees nothing yeah you know like he doesn't know why he's attained this and because of that he comes across as this super like privileged and um you know, there's a great line he yeah. says where he is. Let me see if I can find the exact line. I wrote it down. Oh, maybe I can't, but that's fine. Basically, what he says is like, "Oh, I went to go to um, my building. Mm-hmm. We checked in, and the doorman calls me like Mister Andre, whatever his actual last name is, and yeah. I just call him Jim. Mm-hmm. And like that's so demeaning to him. <laughs> like I." I call him just by his first name, but he gives me all this respect. And how is that different from the plantation owners? And I'm like, what so the fuck? Weird. He's always relating things to like systematic murder and yeah, like, like oppression of people. Like really completely awful. And it's like, yes. no, we're just doing like micro oppressions. And it's like the same. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all, dude. See, okay, right. This is what I was bringing up earlier with the Holocaust thing. Like he's always saying like, he's just as bad as a Nazi. Like when he does his like little troop of people having a good time, he's like, it's basically like you know Nuremberg and the, and, and Hitler, yeah. Like he's and sure. it's like no, it isn't. Like I can kind of see where you're coming from, but those relations are only in your head. But like, I think I think that is kind of playing off how people in their head, especially in Hollywood or any sort of like arts type career, mm. may be out of touch with reality in some ways. Maybe over oh, definitely things. For example, people <laughs> being in quarantine right now. And being, <laughs> I was gonna and being like, it's like prison. It's like, no, it's not. It's like solitary confinement. It's like, no, you can go outside. You can watch television. You can watch television. You can, you can do what you somebody. want. You can yeah. stay up all night if you want to. Yeah. Sure, you can't go outside whenever you want, but boo-hoo. It's like you have yeah. so much privilege. You're equating it to such a higher form of oppression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an Onion article. It's like, person says, like, prison. And it's like, yeah, they still have voting rights or something. <laughs> right, like right, 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 right. brilliant. Sitting on your bed, sitting sitting on... you having voting rights. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, major things that people who are in prison are not able yeah. to do. and they're having yeah. it much worse right now. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, that's, I think that that's, like you said, this is kind of what it is. But then you have Wallace, who I don't think really has that bad of a world view. No. He's just kind of like, I feel like he is having content, like he is content with most things. Right. And, um, you know, like he's asking questions and finds this stuff interesting and ponders it, but doesn't let it get to him too much. Yes. And how boring of a character is he? Yeah, he's very boring. There you go. You don't want to listen to Nobody him. Nobody wants to listen to a guy like Wallace. He's perfectly fine. Like, all he, he complains about minor things. Yeah. That's like things he'll deal with. Like, you know, he's not an interesting protagonist. and He's not the one that's telling stories. No, this isn't dinner with Wallace. Exactly. It's dinner with Andre. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to... He's a good... He's a good character to have through the audience perspective because mm-hmm. he's kind of the more he's, grounded. He's like one. a straight man, essentially. Yeah, he's not yeah. really having any issues. Sure, he's got like a couple things he might have weird issues with. But, but when like, you think about it, his issues are are relatable to every man, like not having money, you know, not getting a job. Like these are things that are not just relatable, but also like kind of important. Like way more important than, oh, I'm I I don't know how to talk to my doorman. You know, yeah. Like, the world, the, the worries of not getting paid or not having a job or maybe getting kicked out of your apartment are like far more, to me at least, far more real and like crushing. But you know? I also think that like it's it kind of shows human nature in some mm. ways. Like no matter how good you have it, you're, you're gonna always, find something to worry about. I agree. You're gonna find something to be depressed about. Yeah. No matter how good you actually do have and it. And see, I, that's an interesting thing too because I do relate to Andre as being like having an existential fear of, yeah. of death or whatever. Mm-hmm. Totally reasonable. But then he's also like, I don't know, I'll talk to my doorman. Like, <laughs> so, sorry. Like, are you equating them? You're equating not being able to talk to your doorman to the plantation owning, you know, or like having yeah. a fun uh, a trip with a bunch of like theater people to 
the SS Nuremberg trials, yeah. you know, or whatever. I, I mean, I think the movie's just trying to show like two different philosophies yeah. and like maybe happiness is just contentment. Yeah. yeah Although yeah. Wallace does admit he doesn't like the moments that are too quiet. Mm. He says, um, See, that's if it's like, he says if he's too quiet and isn't have anything to do, like he always has like an objective and something to do. And if it's too quiet, he may feel that he's not adequate enough to exist once ah, he reveals that. There you go. Um, and he also mentions it's the moment of contact that scares us with another person, mm-hmm. which is weird because we're social creatures at some point. Yeah. But yeah. having a deep, intimate connection with someone is something that's scary and needs to be something that you have to have if you're just quiet with the other person. Right, right, right. And not just constantly being like, oh, what are we going to do next? We're going to watch TV? Okay, we're going to go do that. we got to do gonna, something. You can't just sit here not do anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's and I think something. that's the other thing is I think Andre's had to sit in that quiet for so long that he's just like constantly at Thinking this, about that. Right. It's it's on the back of his mind constantly. Whereas like Wallace doesn't. He's been hustling the whole time. He's right. Anytime there's an issue, he's got he's to do something, you know? Yeah, and so. he finds that satisfying. And that's yeah. fine. That's good. Um, and that's, you know. But is it healthy? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe the it, maybe there's a middle ground. There's a middle. Yeah. There's a middle, yeah. The centrist ass movie. There's a middle ground with everything. Yeah. 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 I I don't know. This was an interesting movie to listen to. Yeah. Um, it was a weird one to pick for this podcast because <laughs> there's no plot. There's no plot. There's like no, there is literally just two guys talking and eating. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. the whole movie. This is gonna be a very short episode, probably. I mean, maybe we could keep bullshitting about their like. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. Let's talk a little talks. bit more I'm about their I'm just trying to think points. of some other things that they popped up with uh, that I'll, maybe color them a little bit. If you have I'll, something, I'll look into more things that because it's mostly just Andre's like talking about things. Like there's weird shit. Like he also just like he he sees things. Like oh my god. Like oh. I he, he honestly like at the beginning he was a person I hated because he was like constantly seeing like. Uh, coincidences like he's like oh i i did this thing and then i opened up a magazine and there was this thing yeah. that happened and, and I'm that's just what like, oh, and wallace like up. that's the thing is wallace comes up and is like honestly like all that stuff with like you know if i get a fortune cookie and it says like oh you're gonna have good luck with this person with dark hair that you talk to yeah it's gonna be like well that person didn't know me whoever wrote this i just got one randomly got, yeah it's, it's coincidence. i'm not gonna think about everything like you probably might right he doesn't say that directly but you know this is a much more polite way yeah exactly. no one ever addresses anyone really directly or calls each other out on bullshit exactly they just kind of go like huh here's what i think about this this is actually funny because the movie does that thing that i've i've experienced in real life where you'll see people and they'll be they'll start saying these grand generalizations about how bad things are and how people never talk and they're like how can people not find anything to agree That's upon what I'm saying. it's boomer philosophy and then you immediately don't do that thing you know yeah where it's like oh you you know people never say what they want to say to each other and then you don't say what you want to say yeah, like exactly. you are doing a, you're immediately guilty of the thing that you're uh, assuming other people do and you, you know, know that's human nature totally. Human, humans are totally hypocritical and they oh, say deeply. like we should do this one thing and then of course you see yourself doing the other thing because it's yeah. easier yeah um but yeah, I don't know. Some very interesting. There's some interesting, quote unquote, philosophy in this. Mm. That um, this is something that Andre says. I was like, okay. Uh, he says it's closer. The closer that a person gets to another human being, the the more you realize it's harder to actually connect with someone. Yeah, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, I um, I can relate to that. Too. Yeah, because yeah. like no matter you know you know we're both in relationships. No matter how much you know that person, how you're with them all the time. Yeah, do you really know what's going on in their head and what they're actually thinking about? Or do you really moment? agree with? everything exactly like yeah like i love my wife but i do not like some of the anime she watches <laughs> <laughs> the realest shit that's the honest anime taste Ooh, a little questionable pretty bad so you just kind of put that off yeah, to the side you know You're like, hey babe it. watch that at home when i'm not here so that's you, why she's dying in quarantine right now because she can't watch her anime while you're around. Well, yeah, she's playing. You know, that's the thing. I don't, I don't like Animal Crossing. She loves Animal Crossing. She doesn't like pretentious, long form, sad movies. I love that <laughs> shit. Give it to me every day, all day. Yeah, you know? but see, you know that stuff, right? Exactly. But there's lots of things you probably don't know. Like, why doesn't she like those long, pretentious, <laughs> sad movies? What's the real reason behind that? You know that she doesn't, but what's yeah, the underlining yeah, yeah. meaning Is behind it? Deeper. Is there feeling? some reason yeah. why it doesn't? drive with her and yeah, you know yeah, yeah. is it stemming from something that happened when she was a child and then she <laughs> was like anime is better yeah. you know i don't know like you don't she you got don't... beat up by a depressing de- pretentious person Ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then as she was on the ground bleeding the anime showed up and was like, come hang out with me come hang out with me we'll be good friends uh yeah no i i so that's the thing is like the movie's sort of almost like a trick because sometimes they say things that are 
I, I things I agree with, and yeah. things that I find profound, and then other times I'm like, this is bullshit. But that's the thing is they they wrap it around such uh, not pretentious but privileged bullshit that it's kind of mm. hard to really hear about these two guys. Even Wallace is like fairly well privileged. I mean, he says he works hard or what's like is poor, but yeah. like he still lives in New York. He's yeah. still doing okay. Yeah, yeah. He's he's going out to eat. Yeah. I, I, that's Although. The thing. Andre, you know, pays for the deal. Let me, yeah, let me tell you the end of this movie. Tell Andre, me about the end. Andre pays for it. Of course, he pays for it. And uh, Wallace goes home, and uh, it narrates that all the customers had left by the time they'd gone this, mm. they'd done this. And um, I look at the server who comes up, and he looks pissed. He's like, "They're all here. everything's closed," and um, he said. And that this whole thing, we weren't even paying attention to the other people in the room. It was just me and Andre. That's funny. And I'm like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. As in, you're not, you're just talking about your bullshit philosophy while not actually checking the room. Or, or being aware of the time of the waiter. Exactly. Like he, he's got, he also lives in New York, probably. Probably not in New York City. He might be commuting from Jersey. Exactly. Who knows? Exactly. He has um, to pay for his apartment. Exactly. He's got a wife to get back to, probably. <laughs> Maybe. You know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, and then he, he was driving home and he narrates him. He's treated himself to a cab. Oh, that's funny. And he is driving through. That's funny because he took the bus there. Like he's trying to be, he's less social. Rather than sitting in a bus full of people, he's now mm. chosen a cab with one guy. Interesting. That he can ignore. Yeah. Um, but he says as he's driving by, he, he noticed every building and there wasn't a building that he didn't have a connected memory to or something mm. like here is a place where he got ice cream or a place where in grade school he like fell or something like that like each place had a memory associated to him like well what a real new yorker <laughs> um and then the last thing he says is i got home and told my wife all about my dinner with andre and i'm like that's the movie like leo dicaprio <laughs> the the pointing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um his girlfriend Oh, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it just said he just said his name. I just assumed wife because yeah. I thought this guy was in his late forties, but you know. <laughs> but even in your like mid thirties, I'm just like, you know, she probably just settled down with somebody. Yeah, that's here. true. Like, get that's off the point. pot. Yeah. Um, or whatever. I guess you don't have. Yeah, to. you don't. Yeah, I mean, don't tell other people to do. Tell him what to do, Mister Privilege over here with my <laughs> wife. My wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing is, is like, it's. This is why I feel like I, I, I give the movie credit because the movie is self-aware enough to realize that these people aren't like, like, like they are not people that you should aspire to becoming. Yeah. But it's also self-aware enough. And I'm a self-aware enough person to be like, I've been there. Like I've been shitty to wait staff because I stayed late yeah. eating out or whatever. Or like, you know, I've had pretentious bullshitty conversations that later on, later on I think back and I'm like that was a dumbass thing to say <coughs> now um <laughs> I'm kidding um you know but yeah I, I know what you're saying like it is from a relatable place I think everyone's been here yeah, you know yeah, even yeah. if you're you know in the good times with bad times right you know everyone's been in a position where they're talking philosophy and they're talking all this stuff but then they go home and you know you're like man I, I look at my phone too much, bro. Yeah, yeah. I look at it too much. All I do is sit there and go on the TikToks or the Twitters <laughs> or the, the Facebooks or the yeah. Instagrams. I don't know what I'm saying. Reddits. The Reddits, whatever. You're like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you delete it. And you come back. You come right back A little to bit it. later. Yeah. And you're Fall doing the right same thing. You're going back into the same pattern. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just because you're not hanging out and having these kind of conversations enough to really keep you on that, like, quote unquote, straight and narrow or whatever you're goal is so this is or, an interesting yeah this is an interesting question or if you're just showing the human nature to be hypocritical right you know about like i'm gonna do this well and i'm gonna fall back on my pattern what's comfortable and that is something that andre brings up mm -hmm. he says that a lot that the danger with um society now is everyone's sleeping and they're not really being fully they're awake. not conscious yeah. and that's something that wallace said wallace brought up that he and his uh, girlfriend bought a, a electric blanket or got a gift as an electric blanket he loves the electric blanket he thinks it's the greatest thing ever mm -hmm. and then andre comes in and is like well the thing about electric blankets is it kind of disconnects you from uh, reality in some ways. Mm. And you just rolled your eyes <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I did. Because, <laughs> and he, he does frame it with some points. I think it's a little bullshitty, but I understand yeah. where he's coming from. Uh, Blankets aren't that warm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's electric, you see. Yeah, so yeah. it's using the power of electric. First off, he says, I don't trust technology. So I'm like, okay. Oh, well, boy. Yeah. So that's where I get the goop <laughs> stuff coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you know, he, he's like, kind of disconnects you because once you're in this comfort zone, of having the privilege of an electric blanket, mm -hmm. you know, you no longer have to really care about what the temperature is outside or the room or anything like that because 
you're in your own little space with this blanket. You don't have to yes. worry about your partner next to you if they're cold or if they're warm because you're in the blanket. Yes. You don't have to worry about the temperature outside. You don't have to worry about someone down the street if it's cold or not because you're in your own world. And I'm right. like, yes, I get that. I think about that sometimes. But this is not an issue with the blanket. No. <laughs> That's the problem. Is He's framed this as being a problem with the blanket, like demonizing using an electric blanket, when really the issue is basic human nature of like, I got mine. I got mine. I'm good. I don't have to worry about it. Which anything. is a thing but, that needs to be dealt which with. Which is, that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand his point. He yes. frames it a weird way. Right. And it's just kind of like, okay, kind of goofy, you know? I, that's the I thing. understand it's that. Like, I agree with you, but I'm not going to stop using an electric blanket or, in my form, a weighted blanket. Which <laughs> I fucking love having a weighted blanket. Hashtag weighted blanket. Go to sponsored ad. I'm into it, man. Yeah. Go to weightedblanket.com. <laughs> use the other half, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Andre 3000 code. code. Andre 3000 code. Uh, but, uh, right, it's like, I, I agree with the thing that you eventually said, but I'm going to keep using my electric blanket because really this wasn't a, a point against the blanket. But that's the thing is he's saying, like, at this point, so you've got to be, he's not saying it's wrong. Mm. He does mention that it's not wrong. It's just you have to be conscious of these things. Right. Conscious of the fact that you're getting comfortable and you're you're take, using your privilege, quote unquote, like he's recognizing his own privilege. Mm. As just being someone with the basic needs of shelter met, that you don't look down upon other people. For example, like if it's raining outside, right. you know, you got to think about like, wow, it's very cozy in here and it's really awesome. But like, what about the people who don't have right. shelter or it's really cold or out? Or like, I'm really enjoying this this conversation we're having while eating. I should probably not be worried about the wait staff or the waiter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But See, as it's showing the hypocrisy. The, his hypocritical self. So do you think that this idea of don't become comfortable, be more aware of what's occurring around you, do you think this is also like a reminder to the audience to be like, don't fall into this thinking that these characters are good or don't feel comfortable at this table with them? Yeah. You have to be a bit more aware of what they're saying and how they're saying it. Potentially, saying yeah. It. yeah. I think that's a good way to read it. Yeah. Um, because like, you can't just sleep through this movie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could. You it's could. It's just talking. people talking. It's just people talking. Yeah, Very but easy. But, don't, but you have to be aware of what it's saying and, right. be, and not just spoon, not spoon feed it into you. You yeah, got to yeah, yeah. analyze it a little bit. You got to yeah. chew it, which is another thing he mentioned earlier is he was talking about, um, oh, shit. I always mess his name up. Hadistic juice? What's the what's Hasidic juice. Hasidic juice. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I always get the name. Of stuff. I look it up and I wrote it down. I missed it. But anyway, he's saying like, his. Uh, oh, shit. No, it's not Hasidic juice. It's. One of his other fucking... Oh, the people that he hung out the with. The people that he hung out with. Yeah. They all blur together because he keeps mentioning them all the time. I'm like, yeah. shut up. Anyway, <laughs> but he says these monks or whatever had to chew food. It was an arduous experience, but every bite they had to sit there and taste it. So it was like a two-hour-long experience to eat a meal. Right. But they had to appreciate, inspect each bit of it. And I'm like, that's kind of what the movie's trying to tell you. Like, hey, I know this is a two-hour-long movie. <laughs> Wink, nod, nod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... You kind of have to ingest and really sit on each of the things that these people are saying and where they come from. And like, you know, just like a piece of food, if you're eating a steak, you got to think about like, okay, well, what seasoning did they put on? Is this cooked in butter? Is this a well done steak? You got to analyze a little bit more about where it came from, truly appreciate it and appreciate the nourishment that's getting your body. Because like you can't expect to just spoon feed whatever Andre says right, right, right. and eat it. You have to really sit there and digest it and think about it and this is an interesting point too of like the steak because this is i think this is even farther than just saying like oh the steak is well done this is a bad steak you can also question like why did they cook this steak well done they could have cooked the steak any way they wanted yeah why they choose well done what was the reasoning behind that it? that could that could even be a further like introspective concept mm -hmm. and it's funny because he actually brings up these monks earlier um he hung out with this monk like in the sahara desert i think with him sure couldn't, probably couldn't they, they went out there trying to find something mean some form of meaning they found nothing and he <laughs> felt so bad for the monk that he invited him into his house in new york and the longer the monk stayed with him the more he began to backslide and started wearing gucci shoes started eating burgers like he refused the things that kept him uh a like kept him as a monk and instead chose comfort 
yeah. around him and chose material possessions, you know? And I think the movie's doing that thing of also saying, like, yeah, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes, like how you said before, where it's like sometimes you were like, I'm going to change the way I act. I'm going to change the what I, what I do. And then eventually you you don't, you know, yeah. you end up backsliding, you know, you're becoming, you know. The, the way I, you, I think that's a good thing before. to think about. Like if yeah. you have goals, you have to sit there and really think about them and really stick to it. Yeah. And you can't. You know, he was saying, uh, there's another thing that I think Wallace was saying. They're like, well, it's like almost like a mechanical thing I do every day. You know, I do my routine or whatever, and I kind of just sleep through it. And he's like, you can't just sleep through it because if you don't do that, you got to think about it. And I'm like, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Right. You can't sleep through everything. You can't sleep through everything. You you, you kind of need to not be thinking about everything all the time. You're going to get exhausted. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of sometimes have to suck it up and do a you'll, routine. You'll get overwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know. There's a lot of things you can pull from each of these characters and either apply them from your own to your own life or think about them from your perspective yeah. or the perspective that they're coming from. Right. Which right. I think is like you said, more, more realistic to this movie as in they're two New Yorkers and two, they're just sitting at a table eating food, eating food, not doing anything, not doing anything, yeah. just getting stuff brought to them. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like we're getting these philosophical tidbits brought to us as the audience. <laughs> yeah. But we're ignoring the wait staff. How did they film this movie? <laughs> Why did they have such that's grainy film? It's a, oh my god, the movie's so grainy. It's so grainy. But I this think was made on cheap film, I think. It was probably done on cheap film yeah. and it was probably very it was just restaurant lighting. I like to think that the guy they probably knew a guy that ran the restaurant and they're just like, I'm just gonna we're gonna close this down for a day and we're just gonna Or just shoot at night. Yeah. Yeah, like like clerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, movies is clerks of the 80s most movies yeah this is just clerks. but they got color film somehow so it can't yeah. be that cheap of film you, yeah you go from two guys white guys just eating at a table talking about deep concepts to nerds screaming about sucking dicks and, yeah uh, but hey you know what at least those nerds had a shitty job that they were just like <laughs> we're just sitting here bullshitting yeah. at our fucking miserable minimum wage job that we have to be at yeah and work day, I'm not even supposed to work here, you know? It's a different, wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> it's a different context because yeah. these guys are just like, we're just going to have a nice dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These aren't really nice working class guys. To catch up. No, they're yeah. really not. They're, yeah. Um, they, they Also, you know, because they are in the acting field or mm-hmm. the um, entertainment field, I guess. Yeah. They don't have a set schedule. They don't have to well, work on point. anyone else's schedule. They don't have schedule. to wake up. They could just be like, I want to take a, day, a couple of days off and then I'm going to work on my script or whatever, you right, know? They could right. set their own thing. They're not bound to what society says for like service workers and things like that that's a very good point um and that's why they call that's why you know he calls his doorman by his first name right because he's privileged or whatever but and it's just like slavery yeah yeah exactly <laughs> same, same thing. thing same exact same. thing oh, oh yeah definitely i guess that's the funny thing is is like i've seen people make these same thoughts and viewpoints and they're mostly boomers and I'm just like, I think these are people that watched this movie and didn't realize that it was supposed to be sarcastic or that these were supposed to be concepts that needed to be deeper. Yeah, they can't just be read surface level. Right, you, know, you have exactly. to understand where these characters are coming from. I think at least. This isn't like a TED Talk where you're like, I want to learn from these people. It's like, no, this is like... God, speaking of just pretentious fuckers on stage. TED Talk's like the hottest era of Oh my God. Everything. It was cool for like a couple of months and then all of a sudden... God. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's like... The idea of it's interesting, yeah, but like most of the time, it's just hot air. Yeah, mostly, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, right. this is podcast, <laughs> not not full of hot air, full of deep insights. So I want to ask you that question. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. We'll, 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 I think we're reaching the natural conclusion. Yeah, of this conversation. Yeah, we're reading. We're asked about our dessert. Um, <laughs> yeah, they like just order espressos. So by the uh, way, just in case I you're really wanted to bring like some cutlery in here, act like we were <laughs> eating, but that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be too much work. We don't. We work. don't have a server. We can't even go outside. I know. <laughs> <laughs> fucking privilege, people going out to eat. <laughs> yeah, going out to eat. Fucking privilege, Amazing. Uh, but okay, so here's the question then, uh, and this is a deeper one. I think this is gonna just come with who we are. I will be the Wallace. You will be the Andre. Or the other. Um, <laughs> These people mention falling into like patterns. So do you think of this thing of like, this is something that you take away from it and you learn, or do you think, and if if Andre were to, to, to to come away from this meeting or this, this dinner, he has to learn something and his entire worldview and like outlook can change. Or do you think it is the thing of like, he's just going to get back into his like patterns and things are just going to stay the same. Oh, he's hundred percent going to get back into his patterns because I don't think he has a choice. Yeah. I think where he's at is, you know, he is still in that place of, privileged but he's less privileged than Andre he can't go on like trips like that he right. has to make rent right. so at some point he's going to go back to those habits he's going to try to find what makes him happy what makes him comfortable because mm. he still has to 
put his nose to the grindstone right. and make that dough. He still needs to pay his, his rent. He does pay yeah. his rent. He, you know, he, he enjoys yes. his, his his art form that he does. He enjoys his career enough that it's like it's fine. It's, right. He's content with that. Right. So I think he might look at things differently, and I think that's important for everyone to do is to look at things differently and not just fall into a routine and not examine it. Mm-hmm. I think every so often you should examine your routine or whatever you're doing, whatever makes you happy because right. – it's good to make adjustments to that, right? Um, depending on if something is not but, happening, it's not making you happy anymore. You but might let's want to say that, that you would, right? So let's say you're depressed. Let's say you have an addiction. You look at these <laughs> yeah. things and you adjust to 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 fit a different routine. Are you just falling into a different routine? No, yes and no, because you are technically falling into a routine, but it's a different routine than what you've always been doing. Right, and right. maybe it's a healthier routine. It's something that nourishes your body a little bit more, mm-hmm. your, your whatever you're trying Going to, to achieve. Gym. Yeah, like yeah. those are better routines than waking up every morning and eating a cinnamon roll, which I've been doing for the last couple of days. <laughs> but, you know, it's a better like, routine. That's a very specific yeah, thing. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, sometimes we just pull from ourselves. Because yeah. <laughs> I, what I find interesting about this movie is, like, I, I agree with the concept that we need we as creatures need routine yes we do we we and like because i think of like these these guys are dealing with such minor problems of like not minor problems but they're dealing with problems that are so like esoteric and difficult to like pin down i think of people who like change the routine of like they were addicted they had drinking issues they had to change the routine or they would die you know and it's like it isn't an easy thing and it's also not a thing that goes unexamined every day like you know when you when you quit drinking or you quit smoking or whatever it's a daily grind you every day have to be conscious and aware i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do the thing that was comfortable right and 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 maybe that becomes a routine or whatever you keep a routine in order to keep your mind and hands busy or whatever but I, I find that so fascinating because the movie goes into this idea of like, don't fall into patterns, don't get comfortable. But it's like, you need comfort. Like, you need to fall into those patterns. Well, I think that's why you kind of have to, you have the two characters having these two competing viewpoints. Right. And I think in the mid, there's somewhere in the middle. There's a right. good balance. Like, you have to have a routine, but also, I think it's important to question be your self-aware. routine. Yeah. Yeah. You got to question your routine and be like, is this working for me? Am I, am I happy every morning getting up for work or whatever? Right. And is it work that I'm getting up at 7 a.m.? Or should I maybe move my time today at 7 30 and get that extra half hour sleep? I don't know. Right. Like, little adjustments to that is smart to think about and not just blindly go about it. Right, 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 right. That's, that's my thoughts. Well, I like this conversation. That was good. Now, now the the bill has come. Now I will not be paying it. Oh shit! But I gotta you, pick this up. Well, if if the audience wants to pay for it, oh yes, that'd be great. <laughs> you could just Venmo us. You just Venmo us at uh, at other half. Don't send anybody don't, to that. Don't save your money. <laughs> but uh, you can send us. Uh, uh, you can you can send us your billing information <laughs> via uh, email at oh, email yeah. at theotherhalfpodcast.com. A great secure way to store your billing some information. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if uh, you want, uh, if you know what, you could. You know how sometimes at the end of, of services you, you have a little survey to fill out at, oh, at the end. I was thinking a tip, but okay. Oh, a tip! Leave us a tip. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify, and you can leave a tip for us, and we will read it on the show if it is a five star rating and tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm falling into a little I'll, pattern. I'll, I had to break it. A I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of patterns, yeah, this is like the first time you did it pretty. Well. No, you've done it well uh, a few times, but. <laughs> It's difficult difficult to change it. It's difficult to change it. You fall into a routine. Remember, I had to say, what was I? I said iTunes. You said iTunes for over 200 episodes. (laughs) Then I had to change the fucking uh, Apple music apple, apple podcast see it's tough fucking shit it's hard to fall it's out tough of your to pattern. those patterns but you know what it's not impossible it's, it's sometimes not, it's improving it. yeah yeah sometimes it's a good thing yeah so which actually what'd you like to, did you like this movie <laughs> <laughs> we never even talked about if we like this movie or not that's a good point did you like the movie uh it was all right yeah it was all right i liked it quite a bit i liked i i didn't not like it and i was entertained i think for this podcast it was annoying to watch <laughs> This is probably not the best way to watch the movie, no. but I got to say this was one of the first like movies we saw for the podcast where it was like, wow, this is actually kind of like, because it doesn't have three acts. It no. doesn't have structure to it. doesn't it. have any structure. And I really appreciated watching a movie that didn't have any structure to it. Like, the, well, we In saw some it. ways, though, the, the, the tone of conversation did have some structure. Ours did. Oh, you mean- Because I think yeah. I think the, the first course, the second course, and then the dessert Ooh, all were different You got your appetizer, you got your main course, you got, you got your, your dessert. dessert. Yeah, well, I don't know how they- 
ate in the beginning, but like yeah, yeah. they had like soup and stuff. Okay, yeah. It is funny though because I kept thinking like Andre's sitting here just talking and talking. He's not. He hasn't had any bite of his food. Look at that guy. He's so skinny. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's a, a thin guy. Frail dude. Yeah, a frail old dude. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I I, I really did. I, I you know I, it was on the Criterion Channel, which uh, if you don't don't have it, get it. It's amazing. Um, you know I've been watching movies there like every day, and it's been fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. It was very pretentious. It was very uh, thoughtful. Uh, I enjoy movies that have sort of like metatextual like things you can pick apart. So yeah. I really enjoyed like Good watching meat on its bones. Yeah, it's got a little. It's a little yeah, deeper. I, did, I, didn't, I, I I like the I like this movie enough. I just think it would have been better if I could just sit and enjoy it as opposed <laughs> to like, oh, let's type what this bullshit Andre yeah. said. Well, that was the thing is, it's like I was watching the movie. And I'm like, I gotta write down all the shit Andre says, and then after a while, I'm like, no, I don't. I just have to write down the very basic. You just have to get some key about. points that yeah. really fleshed out. Like I wrote notes. I don't think I read barely any of them. I because, just pulled a couple of them. Yeah, like I didn't need to. Because the, the, we already know these characters. We know what they're talking about, you know. But yeah. uh, do you do you recommend other people see it at least? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Oh, I got to tell you some more bullshit Andre said real quick. Oh, please do. He said that he met a physicist who was very smart. <laughs> and he went and cut <laughs> Not off. Not like those dumb physicists. <laughs> he went and cut off all culture. He doesn't read newspaper. He doesn't read. Um, t- he doesn't watch TV. He doesn't yeah. read books. He just does his physicist shit because he thinks all that stuff turns you into a robot. And um, he also is like a environmentalist dude who loves to save trees. Mm. And then he says, where are you from? And Andre says, I'm from New York. He's like, oh, New York, huh? I think it's the model for the new age concentration camp where oh, no. everyone who built it is also is the guard and also the prisoner. And they all want to try leaving because everyone's in New York. He knows how everyone says like, well, it's probably time to get out of here, huh? But no one can leave because it's stuck there and it's a prison. Right. And he gives them. And so the um, the physicist guy gives him a tree, like a sapling, and mm. says, get out while you can. <laughs> and Andre's like, well, I should probably get out. And I'm like, God. <laughs> I also love how, like, people, I lo- this is my most annoying thing when people are like, guy's a physicist, he's know what he's talking about. I'm like, he doesn't know anything about culture or, yeah. like, sociology. It's like, great that he's a man of it, science. Right, yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy. Like, it's the same thing with fucking, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like, let's listen to him about politics or, like, sociology or, like, philosophy or psychology. Dude is none of that shit. Yeah, that's, that's not his that's specialty. Not his, that's not his. Yeah, that's not what he went to college for. Like you know, like I'm not a I'm not a big fan of people saying stay in your lanes. But I'm not gonna if I need an opinion. Yeah. If if I want to uh if I want like a fun upbeat film, I'm not gonna go to fucking David Fincher and ask him for it. You yeah. know, like I'm gonna go to the guy that I'm expecting because he, that's his expertise. This is what he like went to school for and like practices. You know. Yeah. Like, no, uh, I get it. I'm not going to go to celebrity actor to learn about how to treat myself for the coronavirus. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to a trusted source. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. not saying your lane, and it's good to have those people have good right. intentions and spread good messages, and I think that's important yeah. because people listen to celebrities for some reason. <laughs> and not experts, but, you know, it's like, come on, physicists? Yeah. I know it's a smart person. He's trying to save the trees, but, like, and I know it's important, but, like, yeah. you're talking about cultural like, of, like, it's, you know, it's bad for us, bro. I, You know, I, I have this physicist friend and he's real smart and uh, I dress how he dresses you know yeah. like I'm gonna listen to him about you know fashion fashion vice. and culture yeah but. I mean hey maybe he's great at that stuff I don't know but <laughs> I'm gonna say probably maybe he's very well dressed yeah I don't know uh, but I, don't, yeah. I also you know maybe we should think a little bit and think that maybe we shouldn't judge people just on their job titles that's a good point maybe someone could have other interests Different. and experts maybe all he well I was gonna say he cut himself all off from culture so maybe he's not that's the best my other person. thing yeah. it's like i hate that shit where it's like i thought the joke was gonna be like he'd cut himself off from culture and he's like oh new york i love that place it's so wonderful because no. he doesn't know anything about it no he hates new york yeah. it's just a prison built by by the guards and they're the guards it's, it's a new concentration camp bro it's just like auschwitz <laughs> that's what he said good night everybody <laughs>